0: Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. I'm your host today, Cody Fowler. Joined here by Ben Walty, and we're without our normal host, Nick Tully. We will, we'll do our best. Um, here to preview our Week 10 opponent, the Florida State Seminoles. And, but before we do that, big news. Um, the playoff selection committee came out with their first rankings, and I missed it earlier. Ben, how did we do?
1: Well, well Cody, uh, I think we ended up number one.
0: Far cry from the coaches' poll, right? you telling me. Turns out when you get a bunch of objective people into a room and they have to make very, you know, hard
1: decisions. And your athletic director's on the committee. <laughs> you end up at number one. It looks good. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, so battling Florida State and, um, you know, I guess for the right to who, will, uh, who gets to beat the Coastal Division opponent uh, in the ACC Championship game. Um, we'll get into Florida State in just a bit. Before we do that, let me give a quick plug to the – the Clemson Podcast, you can go to our website, clemsonpodcast.com. There you can find a variety of different mediums to just subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, if, you, if you prefer SoundCloud, you can also go to our SoundCloud page. Um, but yeah, if you go to iTunes, which is probably the most popular platform, be sure to write a review for us. Uh, it goes a long long way for other folks who are looking for us to be able to find us, So, and it's greatly appreciated. And then one other side, side note is the beers that we're drinking today, and I think our East Coast guys are going to be pretty impressed with what we brought to the table. Ben, what are you working with over there?
1: Well, maybe not anymore because uh, I started with a Ballast Point Big Eye IPA. As, uh, as you guys know recently, I've been on a Ballast Point kick. I would highly suggest if you can find it on the East, Post, uh, East Coast that you uh, check it out. But I also got a, uh, from Magic Hat Brewing uh, Company, a number nine. Uh, it's uh, not quite pale ale, uh, but to be honest with you, after that uh, that, that Big Eye IPA uh, gave me a nice punch in the mouth with the flavors there, this really isn't doing it for me. It kind of smells like popcorn. Yeah, it doesn't look so hot. Um, I'm work- actually working with an Allagash
0: White... Uh, I think I've seen it on the comments uh in on, on STS. It's it's I've had it before. It's definitely a quality beer. You will lose sight of like these these wheat Belgian type beers with all the IPA stuff going on on the West Coast. And then I'm flinking that with a Franz and Skinner Hefeweizen. So, really went on the weedy on the weedy kick tonight. So, can't go wrong with either one. Um, Ben, let's let's go back to the college football playoffs though, because this is huge, huge news um coming out as number one. It doesn't really mean all that much like Dabo said. I mean we still have a lot of work to do on the field. It's just a indication that we've had a good year up to this point and that people actually do respect, you know, our wins, albeit you know, the one win, Notre Dame probably the most important one. But I mean, what does this say and what does this mean about I guess going forward?
1: Yeah, well I think you're exactly right. Um it- the only thing that this really means is that that we have been given respect for what we've done up until this point in the season, which in the recent past we really haven't gotten, and maybe we haven't deserved it as much as we do now, but I think we absolutely deserve this. Now, what it doesn't mean is that we're assured of any type of uh, playoff seating uh, come you know after the ACC championship game, I think on December 6th or something like that. Because we still have work left to do, and I think at uh, this point last year when the rankings came out, I think Ole Miss maybe was number one. If not, they were definitely in the top four, and they didn't even end up ranked at the end of the year. As a matter of fact, only one of the first four teams, uh, uh, one of the top four teams released in the first poll, even ended up in the uh, college football playoff. Um, And Ohio State came back from 16 uh, to win the national championship, so... Uh, that's essentially what that means, and I think Dabo said it very well in his interview with ESPN uh, right after the rankings were released. Is that, you know, this doesn't mean a whole lot. We still need to, to to focus and prepare as a team and beat the teams that are out there on the field in front of us. Uh, but at the same time, you know, of course that's coach speak. He's going to say that he needs to keep his guys motivated. But as a fan base, let's let ourselves celebrate this a little bit because you know what we all know. It felt really good to see us pop up there at number one.
0: No, absolutely. And I think you said it earlier. It was a little bit anticlimactic the way that they did the number one first. But my adrenaline was like pumping. My heart was just beating. Uh, and it was like, it was kind of like selection or um, the March Madness um, selection Sunday. And I was, it was so excited. It's like, it's almost like Clemson getting that number one seed. And we know ultimately this means absolutely nothing for the reasons that you just stated. But I think for knowing how hard we've been pushing the last four or five years, really from the time Dabo, uh, you know, became the head coach to become an elite team. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but being ranked number one this late in the season by that selection committee, I think it, it says a lot.
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, I was I was sitting at work, you know, the the selection was 7 East Coast, so out here it was 4 o'clock on the West Coast. So I was sitting at work, I had it pulled up uh, watching it on my phone, and the analysis number one, and I just started quietly, like, fist-pumping in the office because, you know, we're, we're in the West Coast. Like, nobody cares about college football out here. So there's, like, a few of us maybe. Like, there's there's one other person, my, one of my bosses in my office, who actually cares about college football um, out of about 22 people. So, you know, I celebrated kind of in silence and to myself. But uh, yeah, the, the feeling's great. It's really great to see. Um, yeah, I don't know if I consider it so much like a March Madness type of feeling because those seedings are final. But what it does do is it puts us ahead of the pack at this point. And what it means is that we can win out the rest of the season, and even if we play some close games maybe, uh, Florida State, I can obviously see that being close, but if for some reason we play, let's say a South Carolina close, a team that we should beat uh, you know, without pr- a problem, or we have a close game in the ACC championship game, that uh, I think our perception of those games is not going to hurt us because we start at number one. We go undefeated and win the ACC uh, championship, we're not going to fall out of the playoff. Uh, uh, consideration by any stretch of the imagination. I think if we went out at this point, we went out the rest of the season, we are solidly in the playoffs.
0: I agree and I think when you look at Baylor, you look at TCU, Ohio State, even Michigan State to some degree, much of their schedule is backloaded so they haven't had a chance to have those marquee victories. Baylor hasn't played anyone and they have looked really, really good up to this point. TCU has not looked so hot up to this point but
1: yeah, they're still undefeated. They
0: still are undefeated, and they they you know equally haven't played um, anyone, so they'll have a chance to you know to get a few resume-building uh, victories and to potentially surpass Clemson. But the the good news there is a lot of those guys are going to beat up on one another. They will come out with a loss. Um, looking at the thing that I guess surprises me the most is Alabama getting there, getting in there at one loss. And I think it's I think it's fine that they came to this conclusion that you know who you play matters. But I mean. They do have a loss. the, the Their victories are, are are better than Baylor's. They're better than TCU's and Ohio State's. But I think they're getting a little bit too much credit for the Texas A&M's and the Tennessee's of the world.
1: Well, not to mention they lost to Ole Miss, who really has two losses on the season and hasn't looked uh, exceptionally great uh, so far. But what do we expect? You know, we talked about this possibly being the year that the SEC could be left out of the college football playoff. And here they go with, with 50% of the uh, – of the seedings right now here in this first release of the rankings. Um, what's interesting to me, uh, a couple things. Uh, Baylor doesn't surprise me that they dropped back to six uh, considering their quarterback issues. I'm kind of surprised that TCU is all the way back at number eight. They are undefeated. I know they haven't really played anybody yet. I kind of feel the same way about Michigan State, though. You know, they they got lucky to beat Michigan. You know, TCU I don't think has gotten lucky to beat anybody this year. I think they've just beaten people. Maybe they've had a, a game that was close. Um, I can't quite recall, but the one that obviously sticks out is the um, is the uh, the game for uh, Michigan and Michigan, Michigan. State. Yeah. Um, TCU I guess played Kansas State close. Um, and Texas Tech was probably the the closest chance to them having a loss. But I don't really I, you know maybe TCU should just jump Michigan State, but they shouldn't go any higher than that. Um, but Notre Dame, Notre Dame sitting at number five. Uh, LSU and Alabama play this week. If Alabama wins, then uh, they are solidly, obviously, in the top. You know, they, they will move up, and they deserve to be in the top four. LSU will drop out. Um, but, you know, it's the SEC. With one loss, they could still make a case for them hanging around. And the last thing I'll touch on, Notre Dame, very interesting. You know, we expect Alabama or LSU is going to drop out. Notre Dame runs, runs the table and wins the rest of their games the rest of the year. They're bumped up in there because you look behind them. Baylor, Michigan State, TCU, I just don't think they'll end up in there. Iowa, come on, give me a break. They're, they're going to lose at some point. their schedule's been horrendous. That's why they're eight 0 So uh, Notre Dame sticks in there, uh, sneaks in there as a four spot. Clemson remains number one. Uh, guess who we're playing in the first round of the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean we've talked
0: earlier in the year, Notre Dame being a bit overrated. and I think to some degree they are a little, they're, they're overrated this year, which very much is to Clemson's benefit having beat this or beaten this overrated team. And not to say that they're not a good team, I think they're getting a lot of credit for the eye test right now. But good news is they'll have a chance to prove themselves. Um, they've already they did beat USC, it wasn't handily. They they squeaked by them. They'll have a chance to beat powerhouse Pac-12 team Stanford, which I con- I think is continually just a m- bit overrated. But they'll have a chance to really you know prove it. And you know they're not getting biased, and that's the good news.
1: Well, and the thing is, Notre Dame actually could have been really, really good this year. They sustained a lot of injuries, but I think one injury that hasn't hurt them as much as everybody thought it uh, would was the uh, the injury to Malik Zaire, their starting quarterback coming into the year, because Deshaun Kaiser has been playing phenomenal, and I think he's there clearly their quarterback of the future.
0: Yeah, good thing Everett Goldson transferred, right? That's a <laughs> great thing for their program. Um, looking at the ACC, though, only getting two teams in, I, I think there's very little respect uh, for the ACC you know, at large, it, it, obviously FSU got in at sixteen. Um, no, no North Carolina, no Duke. Obviously, no Miami. But you could definitely make a case for North Carolina. They lost to South Carolina at the beginning of the year, but have improved ever ever, ever since. And looking at what we have left on our schedule, ha- facing a top twenty, maybe maybe top fifteen North Carolina team could go a long way to solidifying ourselves, not just to make that top four, but to maybe get the ultimate number one spot.
1: Yeah, but I think if we keep beating everybody convincingly that we'll hold on to it. And listen, you talk about no respect for the ACC. What is there to respect? I mean, there's Clemson and Florida State. Does the ACC Coastal really deserve a lot of our respect? I mean, I don't think so. North Carolina, you said, they lost to South Carolina, a very bad team. And I don't think they really have any you know, landmark victories this year. Neither does Duke. Uh, Pitt doesn't. And obviously we know what the deal with Miami. So... I mean, they've had their chances. Duke lost to Northwestern. Um, so so did Stanford. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, but Stanford, uh, well, I don't know if they play a harder, harder schedule, but I just don't think, you know, Stanford has done something in the recent past. The ACC Coastal has not outside of Georgia Tech, who has fallen off this year.
0: No, I, I can't disagree with you, and I think we've had our chances with out-of-conference games, and we've we've come up short, and... But it's okay, at least independent of that, Clemson, they put that, that Notre Dame on their schedule, and, man, it's paying dividends this year, just like maybe that Auburn game as we open up the season next year will pay dividends. Because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, at least you know, the last, I guess it's been five years, six years now, South Carolina has been a good team to have at the tail end of your schedule. Or they were that, you know, as a top 10, top 15 team. Now they're you know, not a top 25, they're not a top 50 team. We're relying on Florida State as maybe our only good win all year aside from that out of conference game
1: well but during that time where it was good to have them as far as strength of schedule is concerned at the end of the year uh they also beat us <laughs> hey you got <laughs> us it. five times so <laughs> um not necessarily sure that was a good thing i'm actually fine with them being crap again and uh you know the world's back to normal uh but yeah but and, and that's the thing that's just the respect that i think that we're being shown for how we played this year the talent we have and they, they, they've they seen us. I mean, it's starting to build from these uh, key wins uh, that we've had the past few years. I mean, uh, annihilating Oklahoma State in a bowl game, beating Ohio State uh, in the Orange Bowl, who then the next year went on to win the national championship, LSU in the, in the Peach Bowl before that.
0: Well, let me say, these rankings today have nothing to do with any of that, and if they did, Ohio State would be number one. But I think nationally, ESPN-wise, there's definitely – we are getting respect from just about every person there, and it, it, you're right. It's it's a culmination of all those things. I think it's a culminate, or I think it's a, a byproduct of just looking good, passing the eye test. Yeah. Tuning in on on uh, Saturday and watching Clemson, and you see one one nasty defense, and you see one very dynamic offense that's continually improving. So ultimately, let's just like one question here is, wh- where can we be? What's our potential? And before we move on to Florida State, what's our potential? Um, how far away
1: are we from it? From really holding on to that number one spot and winning a national championship?
0: Yeah, well, no, yeah. Well, I won't even say that. Independent of that, just being as good as we can be, what is that, that, that gap? What, what would you say it is right now?
1: I think we have a lot of improvement that's still left to be done for the rest of the season, but looking across the board, I think every team does. Nobody is head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, and last year you may have said when these rankings came out that somebody looked – So much better than everybody else. Uh, And then again, Ohio State comes from ranked 16th, the first time these rankings were released last year, to win the national championship. So everybody has room for improvement. I guess my question would be um, are we fearful at all? Is there any trepidation? Is there any hesitancy to wanting this number one ranking, especially coming out right before the FSU game at this point now, our biggest game of the year? Do you think that's a distraction? Do you worry about um, going to anybody's head or a letdown because of that? Uh, I don't. I, I
0: did think – it crossed my mind, I, I can't lie. But ultimately, I, I don't think so. And I don't buy into they see every game as equal and, and they pre- prepare for every game like it's the same. Dabo definitely pushes that, and that's a big part of his, um, his, his weekly kind of progression. But ultimately, you saw the NC State game. They don't, they don't get as, as, as juiced up for every game. They'll be ready to play, I think, on Saturday. I think the defense is probably a little, little upset. I think Brent Venables has probably teared into him a little bit. You and think? I, <laughs> well, I think he does, regardless of yeah, how they play. I, yeah, I
1: bet. I bet he yelled at them after they put up a goose egg against Miami for Venables- some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Davos dancing, Venables yelling.
0: Yeah. But I I think ultimately I I don't think they'll be affected. I think they'll get up in front of in in Death Valley and they'll be ready to play.
1: So yeah, well, well, I guess for me, real quick, uh, yeah, the question is the pressure. Is the pressure too much? Uh, There's already pressure going into a big game and remaining undefeated, and this really being your last, your biggest hurdle. If you look at the schedule for the rest of the year, does that pressure build on itself and does it cause this team to fold under pressure? The reason I'm not scared about that, I guess, is uh, because if the team did that and did fold under the pressure, then they were never national championship caliber team to begin with. If you were truly a national championship caliber team, this does not affect you. You go about doing your business. You beat the team that's in front of you. It doesn't matter what the rankings are. That means what Dabo has preached all year has gotten through to to this team. It's it's in their heads. They're focused on the task at hand, and they just go out, and with the talent they have, they just beat people on the field.
0: Yeah, and I think a a good kind of, to piggyback off of that, a good example of not being ready for the spotlight is that 2011 team where you squeak by, you got the ones that you needed to get against a very undermatched ACC, and you got into the spotlight of the Orange Bowl, and we, we saw how that turned out. So,
1: Or the Tommy Bowden 2008 team that went into Alabama, uh, ranked, I think, what, number eight in the country, Alabama not even ranked, and just got annihilated in the Georgia Dome. Yeah, it's
0: one of those things, like you, you say, fake it until you make it. And you can do that to some extent in the ACC, but you're right. If you can't come out and beat Florida State at home, you know, this is a rebuilding team, then you're just not ready. You don't want to face Ohio State in one of these, in, in the college playoff. So, with that in mind, let's get into the FSU preview. Um, looking at Florida State coming in, they're 7 and 1, 5 and 1 in the ACC. So, Ben, you've done a good bit of research on Florida State. Just give me kind of the high level overview.
1: Uh, yeah, well, you said it. They're coming off their best uh, you know, really win of the year. However, they have uh, really struggled, for the most part, to beat bad teams this year. That being said, they've beaten us three years in a row. And, and I will kind of relate this to South Carolina. When South Carolina beat us five years in a row, when it came into last year, did you really feel great about winning that game, even though the talent differential like, was on our side? Uh, no. So a team uh, that's an elite team, for the most part, beats us three years in a row. I'm not feeling like we have this one in the bag, but they haven't really played up to their potential this year, and they all are kind of a rebuilding team. We thought Everett Golson uh, coming in was might have been a spark plug for them, and it's funny. Uh, you know, this is a guy at Notre Dame turned the ball over a lot, but he was really dynamic. He's only had one interception this year, uh, but he hasn't really played that great. So it's kind of a flip of the script there. Um, when we kind of compare the teams, though, at this point in the season, we have. Uh, played four common opponents. In those games, Clemson's 4-0. FSU is 3-1 with that loss being to Georgia Tech. Um, So you can kind of, you know, look on the surface of of how these teams played. And then looking at the point differential um, in the scoring, we've outscored those same uh, opponents 155 to 58, which is a 97-point differential. And then FSU, um, only 100 to 88, which is a 12-point differential. So... I know each situation is different, and some games are home and some on the road, so you can't really take that apples to apples. But I think that is telling to a certain extent, and it shows really how we're dominating uh, teams for the most part this year, and Florida State isn't. I mean, they they haven't played well on the road. They only beat uh, BC like 14 to nothing and only had one offensive touchdown against them. They played a really close game, I think, against uh, against Wake Forest. Uh now, obviously, that's not a common opponent, but they only beat them by eight points. Uh, so they have kind of struggled this year. They only beat Miami by five, and we beat Miami 58 to nothing. They did have a better win against Louisville. Um, that was at home, though. So I think all these things combined, you kind of take a look at them on the surface. If they're not who they are, uh, as in Florida State, and we don't have the same history against them, and they aren't, uh, for the most part, since they've been in the league, the best team in the ACC – If you take all those factors out and you just look at this team and who they are, I think we're clearly better than they are. Uh, They're a young team. They're in rebuilding mode. And this is reflected in the polls. Even when they were undefeated, they were still only ranked up as high as like 8 or something like that. Um, And now with one loss, I think they're back at like 16. So other people are seeing this as well. And when you listen, uh, you kind of read some of the FSU sites or listening to some of their podcasts, they don't feel real confident about this team either. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that we should overlook them because that's not the case. Again, we just talked about it with the number one ranking coming out. There is a lot of pressure on us. We have to focus and and look at this team as the next one up, like Dabo preaches all the time. We are home in the Valley, so that's going to make a big difference. And honestly, uh, we've got some revenge to uh, to exact upon this FSU team. No,
0: Absolutely, and this is the year to do it, probably next year too, but – uh, FSU, I will say the one thing about them, and you'll see this year in, year out, they recruit as good as anybody, including, including Clemson, better than Clemson. So you know you're going to see just a bevy of athletes all over the field, NFL players. They've done it again. They have true freshmen contributing. And I guess the only thing that worries me, just on a very high level, is interceptions or potential turnovers. They do have the secondary, the guys back in their secondary, that can really make some things happen. So Deshaun Watson has, you know, we've seen a level of improvement from him and his accuracy and his chemistry with the receivers. We have to see that maintained in this game. And looking to just our offense, FSU's defense been like. I guess what's the the thing that's most concerning on FSU's defense where they match up?
1: Well, I guess the first thing I'll say um, what we should look for out of Clemson's offense is. Let's keep the foot on the gas pedal. This offense has continued to improve as the season has gone along. I mean, we have scored, what, let's say 114 points in the last two games, where throughout the first seven games of the year, uh, the NC State game not included, our defense, I think, gave up less than 100 points. So we have scored more in the past two games than our defense has given up, gave up in the first seven games. Um It's really because of a number of factors. The play calling, I think, has really been improving. I think that's uh, kind of in relation to how some of our younger weapons have been improving and Deshaun Watson shaking off the rust of the injuries and really getting in the zone. Um, We're getting a lot of people involved and using all of our weapons across the field. Uh, You know, Obviously, Gallman out of the backfield and then Zach Brooks really stepping up and then our young wide receivers, Pete getting better. So these are all things we continue to look for, but really... It starts to come down to it. Deshaun Watson has really rounded into form, and he's becoming a worthy Heisman contender. I know a couple episodes ago we talked about the Heisman race, and I didn't think really he stood out to me from a numbers standpoint. But you look at him now, the past few games, <laughs> he's really starting to take a step up. And uh, what if, if he's able to have a marquee win here against Florida State, like a big-time win, and we remain number one and then has some huge games against Syracuse, Wake Forest, South Carolina to end the season in the ACC championship game, he could end up in New York. Well, you could definitely end up in New York. but I think knowing that we're number one in
0: this playoff committee or uh, in this playoff uh, hunt, that Heisman candidacy matters so little. This isn't the C.J. Spiller days um, where we that's the only thing we can really hang our hat on. Uh, granted, yeah, it's, it's crazy how he goes from looking rusty, very much mediocre in the first few games, to all of a sudden you put up five, six touchdowns in a couple games back-to-back and you look like the best player in the nation, then you know, you're in that Heisman hunt. Your team's obviously number one in the nation. That doesn't hurt. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. We definitely, we have to improve. We have to remain dynamic um, against what I think is a dynamic FSU defense. Um, you have to stay balanced, and I think that's that's probably our greatest asset as an offense is in what we've grown to be, which is um, very much a, a passing team that, that can put up, I think I saw it from Larry Williams, We can put up 400 points, our four hundred yards on offense, we can do it on. Uh, I'm sorry, on, in the passing game, we can do it in the run game as well. So, um, just a, that's what I'm hoping to see. Play con, like you said, it, it's been great. Um, tell me about again. Tell me about FSU's defense.
1: Well, um, how they compare to us? Uh, yeah, let's start with that running game. Uh, running game. Uh, remember, and this is kind of how the play calling has evolved too. Against BC, we abandoned the run, went to the pass. Miami, we hit the run game hard. Um, but then we saw against NC State a more balanced attack. I think that is uh, similar to how we approach this game. Um, FSU does have a really good defense, uh, but we should work early on establishing the running game. They're, they are allowing almost 140 yards a game in the rushing game, um, but they do have really good depth on the D-line, and I really expect them to be a factor in this game. Uh, their defensive ends, Demarcus Walker, um, who I think, Cody, you mentioned we recruited... Um, and then, true freshman Josh Sweat um, has really been great this season, and both of them can really generate a pass rush um, as well as help to stuff the run. Um, so, you know, clearly, Gallman and Brooks, uh, they're the only factors of running back for us, and they've looked really good this year. Uh, Gallman is going to continue to be a workhorse in that backfield, uh, and I expect the same out of them from what we've seen all year. Uh, we're really going to need to look for the O line to continue to play solid in this game because we're we're going up another against another very good defensive line.
0: Yeah, and I mean I agree with you to some degree. With, I mean they have a, a solid pass rush. This isn't the 2013 version of Florida State either. Josh Wett is a true freshman, very talented, something to keep on a radar for the coming years. But him and Demarcus Walker are good. I mean they're they're probably not as good as Kevin Dowd and Shaq Lawson, but they're they're solid. And I, I think we have what it takes to to hold them back. Um, you know quick passes offensive lines look great you know Mitch Hyatt is going to have his hands full but it's nothing he hasn't faced already
1: yeah exactly um so uh, they're linebackers too um I think that's really going to affect the run game uh kind of one of their leading linebackers uh Terrence Smith uh he's uncertain right now he's returning from an injury he was actually back at practice on Monday but no word yet um on whether he'll be back but this is kind of huge um now, their, their other linebackers, Reggie Northrup and uh, Roderick Hoskins, uh, they're, they're actually good against the run, um, but they can be a real liability in coverage, and that's where Smith comes in, and he's really a factor. If he's not able to play in this game, you know I, I not only look for our running backs to get into the second level of the defense and break some plays, but also that really opens up the middle in the passing game. And so if Smith is out, look for our Tavis Scott, Hunter Renfro, and Jordan Leggett to really be active over the middle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this guy's going to play, though. And, but it, it kind of reminds of, or it's reminiscent of our team with not having the coverage, but, um, but not quite the same degree. These linebackers aren't Ben Buller and BJ Goodson. But you're right. Give Deshaun Watson uh, you know, an, an open middle, and he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll make a day out of it. So um, the last part, I think, of their defense, that second level, maybe their best, their secondary, maybe their best level. And, uh, you know, a bevy of names, you have uh, Derwin James, true freshman,
1: uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, what what are you reading from them? Um, well, yeah, they've been really solid in the secondary. Um, their cornerback, Jalen uh, Ramsey, has been really good against the run and in coverage this year. They move him all over the field and give you a lot of different looks. So, you know, we, our offense coordinators, really have their work cut out for them to, to how to – to play against him and, and be on the lookout. Um, and then true freshman, Derwin James, he gets involved in the pass rush a lot. They really love the future of this kid and think he is going to be an absolute monster. I mean, he kind of already is. I mean, essentially think of him as their J uh, their version of J Ron curse.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's quite a, I, I've actually you know read a little bit about him and it, it, he apparently is a, just a freak both in the weight room, his measurables, everything about him is yeah, just off the charts. And, Kind of like Josh Sweat, you know, at the defensive end, he's also a true freshman. So um, it's kind of they have a a really good future, to say the least. Um, But yeah, but maybe moving on to you know our defense, what we're looking for, and also what we're looking to stop in terms of FSU's offense. Um, What are you What are you looking at there, Ben?
1: Well, we're going to be preparing for two quarterbacks. Um, You know, Sean McGuire came in and played in the Syracuse game. Uh, Everett Golson uh, recovering from that concussion. Uh, and now Jimbo Fisher not really naming a starter at quarterback. Um, oddly enough, I think Golson is like second in the league in passing. Um, but they, they really both have their their faults. Um, Golson, uh, he's better at escaping a pass rush. He is a more mobile quarterback. But at the same time, he also gets antsy in the pocket and he kind of creates more pressure um, than is actually there because he tends to abandon the pocket really early. Um, you know, one, one thing he was really strong out at Notre Dame was uh, running the read option, but he hasn't been doing that as well uh, at Florida State. Maybe that's from the coaching. Who knows? But all around, he just hasn't been as good uh, making checks at the line of scrimmage, meaning uh, checking out of plays or checking the sides of the field, read, reading defenses. He uh, just has not been doing that well this year. And, you know, the, the sense from a lot of the Florida State fan base is they're not really confident in him uh he has you know he's been late on throws he doesn't anticipate things across the middle so this could really bode well for our secondary
0: yeah and I I think it starts and we've heard this too from other uh Seminole guys is they're really worried about our front four and that's it's mainly it starts in the interior line can they block us up front but also can we create a pass rush get to Golson if he's the quarterback or McGuire who is about as quick as my grandmother. <laughs> um, so I mean, I mean, he's apparently like like you're saying he has a better pocket presence than Golson, um, but he, he's not very fleet of foot. So uh, Clemson could have a field day. Shaq Lawson could have a field day, but also can our interior line be just as disruptive as they've been all year? And maybe not quite as disruptive against NC State. Can they improve upon that performance?
1: Um, yeah, and with with Sean McGuire, you know, again, he's not a great quarterback uh but he did beat us last year in a very heartbreaking game so he's got that um you know this guy he likes to throw the deep ball he's much better at throwing the deep ball than Golson is um and hell he'll even throw it when they're not open when people aren't open so um again you know our secondary really has an opportunity to, to step up the first thing we need to do is really get a push from the front four we didn't see that in the NC State game um, I really expect Venable's to dial some blitz packages here to disrupt that passing game. Uh, you know, FSU again set at Golson, only one interception all year, uh, but I really think the secondary could, could be set up for a couple. Golson has had problems in the past at Notre Dame with turnovers, and then Sean McGuire again he he'll throw into coverage uh, deep. So my questions for this game: Do they avoid Mac, or does does he get his first pick this year? This is the game that I'm predicting. Cody's buying shots. Mac gets his pick. I, I don't think it'll happen.
0: I think they'll, they'll game plan to stay away from Mac. I think because Jacoby Brissett is just more of a you know gunslinger, uh, probably not having a whole lot of regard for where he's actually throwing it. He got a few opportunities. I think they'll strategically keep Mac on his island and let him shut down whatever receiver he's guarding. So I'm going to say no. I do think they'll we'll have at least one interception in this game, probably coming from Tank. J. Ron.
1: Um, Yeah. uh, Tank, I think he'll have his opportunities for sure to make plays uh, again. I mean, it's with every team this year. They're going to go away from Mac. But I don't know. I still think, you know, there were wide receivers. We'll get to them in in a minute. They don't have, like, one number one, you know, wide receiver. They've got a few guys that are decent. Um, Another question here, do they pick on our linebackers in coverage? We saw Bullware, for example, get exposed in the NC State game. Now – We've heard coming out that NC State played a bunch of different odd formations that we weren't used to seeing and haven't prepared for. So that could have led uh, to some of the confusion and some of the letdown of the defense. But it doesn't take away from the fact that some things were exposed. And part of that was that was bull, was bull, was bull, was great. Do they learn from that, Florida State that is? And, and do they pick on them in this game? And I think they'd be foolish not to at least try it. Well, there's
0: that's there's two components there. And one is... Yeah, you can pick on a team all day, but do you have time to throw it? And do you have a quarterback that's capable of, of doing that? And, and does he have that pocket presence? And I don't know if Golson or McGuire—you know, two different, two different um, players there—but I, I think we're going to be able to get a blitz going against this team. And I don't see linebacker coverage being as big of a deal. Um, I do worry, about, I do worry about the athleticism of their receivers, though. I mean, they got some good guys: Kermit Whitfield, Travis Rudolph. Um, you have the the true freshman George Campbell. Uh, I don't think he's. I think he's got great things ahead, but not quite there yet. And
1: what I mean, about I, Jesus Wilson? <laughs> Is it Jesus or Jesus? Do we know? I don't need to look it's that hard up. To tell we're pulling a Mike Patrick on this one. We're just calling whatever we want to.
0: Jesus Wilson. Yeah.
1: Um, I, athletes. I mean, they're. I mean, we we go down to Florida and
0: cherry pick. They're just growing in their backyard. They got receivers galore. So I, I am worried about that. Maybe on a couple of like you know post routes. Some fades, but otherwise, I'm I'm not worried as much about the middle of the field. We'll say that.
1: Yeah, I I just don't think their wide receivers have really been battling for balls this year. I think if this is a game, and we certainly have uh, the secondary, the guys in the secondary to do this, but if, if we're just physical with these guys, hit them off the line of scrimmage, uh, we stay on them downfield. Obviously, Mac and Curse um, will be a big factor in that, and just as long as TJ Green's active and Tank just keeps doing well like he has been. I think we can contain these wide receivers, especially since Golson's not a fantastic passer and, and McGuire's going to take chances.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, looking at probably the most it's surprising we haven't touched on this yet, really the only guy that I think could be the difference in the game and, and allow Florida State to pull out the upset is Dalvin Cook, the former Clemson commit had a uh, he's had a tremendous season. He is man, he is lightning quick. If he gets into the second level of our defense, he's going to be gone, much like CJ Spiller used to do. Um he is he is a little bit a little bit injured. Uh, what what do you think about I guess our chances of containing him, keeping his numbers down in this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the only thing. He's just been banged up, but uh, yeah, I've seen him play this year. He is absolutely electric. Um he is returning from a hamstring injury and an ankle injury, so Obviously when you're running back and you have injuries to your legs, that's really gonna affect you. They expect that the hamstring injury is really just gonna kinda nag him all all year. Um uh, but that being said, you know, he's still a force to be reckoned with. Uh we've got to do better than we did against NC State. Uh runs up the middle, they're they're really gonna try to try to attack the middle in the running game and, and not really, I don't think, stretch it so much. I mean, that's where Cook uh, is electric, he will be able to play, break plays around the outside. But if we can really stuff him in the middle and contain the edges, I think we're going to be fine. Um, here's the wild card. Uh, uh, Jacquez Patrick, uh, uh, in place of Dalvin Cook against Syracuse again. It was Syracuse, but still. Um, 229 all-purpose yards. He's likely going to see some playing time in this game. And he's going to be a factor we need to watch out for.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's a bigger back. I. I think we've done a good job against CJ Prosise, you know, for Notre Dame with that bigger that bigger back. If we can stop stop them at the line of scrimmage, I'm more worried about Cook on the outside and getting into the second level. That that's where I'm concerned.
1: Um, well, uh, a place where he could be a factor though is um, he's got good hands and in pass protection, so you could really see him come in and step in and be their third down back. Cook is not good uh, catching the football whereas Patrick is. So this would add another level of dynamicism to their offense that they didn't currently have with Cook.
0: Yeah, and they've they heard from the Seminole guys, uh, Noel Cast or Noel Nation, they said that uh, he reminds them of Stephen Davis from, from Spartanburg back in the day with uh, kind of being having that dynamic element where he can catch the ball. He's, he's a mauler, a big guy. But, again, I, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely more worried about Cook, and I, I really think he's the only thing that stands in between Clemson and this victory. Maybe Jalen Ramsey worries me a little bit, but mostly it's, it's Dalvin Cook. And to think, he could have been a Clemson Tiger. Uh, we're doing just fine without him. I'm not going to say we would, we would turn him down, uh, but Shaq Lawson said you know before the game he's going to wish he came to Clemson. And maybe he wasn't Clemson caliber, you know, judging by the things that happened during the offseason. So maybe that's a good thing. And we can do without those type of guys on our team. Uh, what are you reading, Ben, about their offensive line? Uh, what's our chances of being able to really, you know, be disruptive with that front four?
1: Well, that's the thing. So all right, we, we talked about getting pressure on their quarterbacks. And we talked about stopping the run of the middle. Well, obviously, the offensive line has a lot to do with that. And their offensive line has been kind of shaky this year. Right now, they've got uh, injured right tackle Derek Kelly, who's a really big part of that offensive line. We don't know if he's going to play. All, all, um, also, Kareem R., uh, he's been injured as well, and those two guys are questionable right now. Um, so if, if Kelly's out, uh, we, we think it's really going to be tough for them to beat us. Uh, their pass blocking has been an issue. So, I mean, again, getting pressure, pressure, pressure on the quarterback and stuffing the run up the middle, they've been big player busts this year. So again, stuff the run, contain Cook on the edges, and no blown coverages in the secondary. And I really think that that's going to be a key to key to victory for us in this game.
0: Yeah, look out for Kevin Dodd. If if that right, the, if Kelly at right tackle isn't available, then he could have a big game. And he's had a great season. He's gotten better every game. Um, it, it would be good for him to have a coming out party, but not too not too big because we want to keep him around for another year. Um, Looking at special teams, Ben, we kind of know what to expect from Clemson. We know from the NC State game that there's room for improvement there. What are you reading about
1: Florida State? Uh, Well, fortunately, they haven't played that well either. Um, I I don't think they're big in the return game. Uh, Their uh, kicker, Aguayo, has been really kind of struggling this year. He was a Lou Groza Award winner last year, and he's actually perfect under 40 yards on field goals for the season but only 1-5 of five over 40 yards. So, that, I mean, that could be a late-game situation if the game is close where that field goal range really starts to draw closer to the goal line if he's not able to hit 1 over 40 yards, especially under that much pressure in Death Valley. That becomes exponentially harder. Uh, so, you know, we're playing one of the best teams we've played all year, and special teams has been a struggle for us. So it's good to go up against a team that hasn't been so great as well. On our side of the board, we we just got to improve across all phases. I mean, it's just kind of been abysmal all year. And let's go back to talking about being the number one team in the college football playoff rankings right now. Uh, If we're going to continue to be that and we really have a chance and a shot at winning the national championship this year, we've got to get better in this phase of the game because it can't just be all about offense and defense special teams is going to have to pull their weight because, again, you get in close situations against other elite teams in high-pressure high pressure situations in games, these are the things that could lose it for you. Our kick coverage has to be better. Our punting has to be better. We can't miss extra points. Uh, and at this point, I'm fine with just securing the punts because, honestly, if we don't have any errors in that game, all of a sudden that's the best part of our special teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they probably put a lot of focus on special teams this week, and I'd be surprised if you don't see improvement. You're right, Ben. If we don't see improvement there, the margin of error becomes that much smaller, and a team like Florida State can trip you up, and a team like Ohio State will definitely trip you up.
1: At what point do we just start kicking the ball out of bounds on kickoffs if we keep giving up field position past the 35 or giving up touchdowns? Why not just have them start at the 35? Just kick it sideways out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean if if we can't cover, which is tonight with the amount of talent we have on the field, but either that or Lakers just gonna have to start kicking it out of the back of the end zone more.
0: Yeah, well I'm, yeah, we won't harp on it anymore. We know what to look out of out of uh out of the special teams. Let's get into our predictions. So Tully, not here tonight, has us narrowly uh on top, twenty eight to twenty four, kinda surprised. I'd like to get his reasoning there. Ben what you got?
1: Well, first off, for Telly's score, I'm glad he doesn't have us beating them uh, by only a field goal, or less than a field goal, because that means it might come down to a field goal at the end, and I don't know if I—Hugel's been good. I don't know if I trust him in a high-pressure pres- situation like that. Um, for me, I have us winning by two touchdowns. Uh, I got it 34-20, to 20, you know. I-, I-, I think our defense is going to play strong, have a bounce-back game. Uh, they do have some talent on the offensive side of the ball, so I think they will score some points. Uh, that being said, I think the defense uh, it does you know, maintain composure, plays better, and really limits their offense. Uh, and then for our offense, I, I really see us – we're not going to put up in the 50s, I don't think. I mean, I'd be very shocked if we do, like we did against NC State and Miami. But I still expect another solid offensive performance. Uh, Wayne Gallman, I look for him again to be close to 100 yards rushing. Deshaun Watson – I expect him to be on point and really spread the ball uh, around the field to, to all our weapons. Uh, whereas before, I thought uh, uh, you know with, with previous games, I expected us to really control it the whole game. I'm thinking early on that this one could be kind of close and back and forth and maybe make you feel uneasy a bit, uh, especially since we just came out with this number one ranking. Obviously, that adds um, more a heightened sense of urgency and, and pressure to it. Uh, but in the end, I think we start to pull away in the third quarter. Um, and yeah 34 to 20
0: yeah i'm i'm kind of in that same two touchdown range i got 40 27 i think it's going to be the opposite though I, I think we come out strong we build off of home field advantage they have a young team we punch them in the mouth kind of the way they did to us 2 years ago but then i think we go into that Notre Dame style milking out the game in the second half and i think they cut the game or uh, cut the lead a little bit and it becomes not quite as close as uh as the score will indicate. That's why I have you know, 40 27, 13 points, covers the spread, or doesn't, or Florida State covers the spread, but um, ultimately Clemson comes out with the victory. Um, looking around the league, around college football, there's actually, uh, unlike the last two weekends, there's actually some good matchups if you want to sit around all, all Saturday, which I think I'd like to, and just watch football. Uh, starting probably with LSU at Alabama. Number two, let me, let me start this. Number two, LSU at number four, Alabama.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You know, we when we write these things up, we, we put the rankings uh, that we have uh, for these teams, and we were going off the AP poll, and then the, the college football playoff rankings come out today, and it's kind of funny to see the drastic difference in some of these rankings between you know, a committee of people sitting down and some AP voters like the infamous John Wildner, who... Who you know consistently just has asinine picks, and then the coaches' poll, who clearly they're not paying attention. So interesting to to see the, the variation and the difference there. Um, yeah, LSU at Alabama. Here's the thing: uh, LSU wins this game. Two losses for Alabama. I think that they are completely out of the picture. If LSU loses this game, I can still somehow see them being part of the conversation, considering you know both one loss. Uh, yeah, one thing is for sure: when uh, two SEC top five teams
0: face off, no one loses. At least in the eyes of the playoff committee, the AP poll, the voters, uh, SEC just carries a lot, a lot of weight with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's new? You know, even though they're down this year, they, we still see them up there. Again, two of the uh, the top four teams in the in the playoff rankings. We're we're back to the uh, SEC. Yeah, you know,
0: we still have a chance at Ole Miss and Florida. They can make a mess of things. Let's go Florida State after this game, and they can they can beat uh, Florida. And maybe no SEC teams will end up in that Final Four. Anyway, uh, next game we I'm looking at is probably Notre Dame at Pitt. Uh, we need to be big Notre Dame fans. That goes a long way to building up our resume. Um, who do you got in there on in this game? What do
1: you who do you like? Well, it's funny. You say we need to be Notre Dame fans, but uh, I mean, at this point, if we went out, I think we're fine, regardless of what Notre Dame does. Do we want Notre Dame to win at this point? Do we want to face a possible rematch? I don't know. There's a certain uneasiness I have about having to beat a team twice in the same season. Um, but at the same time, I kind of want to uh, show the, the country that uh, that game wasn't close, and we didn't, uh, you know, Notre Dame couldn't have won if it was uh, good weather. Yeah, I would love to be on a neutral site in good weather and just blow them out of the water. Uh, I'm not sure that would happen, though. So, I'm, I don't know. I kind of have mixed emotions about this game.
0: Yeah, I, I think with Notre Dame, I, for one, we were playing in a monsoon, and I, I don't think it helped us. I think, if anything, it, it could help them. I think we match up really well against them. I think on a neutral field, good conditions, I think we, we can beat them by one, maybe two touchdowns. And on top of that, our offense is a lot different than it was in that game. We, just, we've improved just, a lot.
1: I was just about to mention that our offense is so much better than it was, and our defense is uh, going to be just as good.
0: Yep. And Duke at UNC again. I think UNC. It's fair to say that we can be fans of them, you know, for a short period of time because we need we need another resume builder, and it could come uh in the, in the ACC championship game if we made it that far and it, we could be probably looking at UNC maybe Duke so it's it's hard to tell this game will probably decide a lot of that
1: yeah what is it? basketball season why the hell do we care about this game I mean what is wrong with the other ACC coastal teams come on Miami Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech what are you doing uh they're firing their coaches yeah, yeah, let, letting <laughs> letting Duke and UNC be in the cream of the crop in that side of the conference well, the
0: referees helped a little bit in this, too.
1: Yeah, so we'll get to that. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm going for Duke here just because as a football program. They don't, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for him just because how bad they've been for so long. Um, but, yeah, let's let's go back to that. Uh, the ending of that, that Duke-Miami game, should the ACC have rewarded Duke the game after the fact? I mean, that was the last play of the game. You, it's not like they can make a decision... Uh, with things uh, likely to have happened after that that you couldn't predict, this was the last play of the game. The decision would have been final. In my mind, I think the a- ACC was just a coward just to be like, oops, sorry, we're wrong, we'll suspend the, the officials, but sorry, Duke.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. After, if it's one thing where it's uh, up to interpretation and there's game left to be played that could ultimately impact the result of the game, that would make sense to be like, no, we're not going to overrule it and change the complete decision. But when it's something so finite as your knee's down, the clock is expired... Yeah, and you know that they, I mean, you have suspended these referees. Why don't they give that game back to Duke? I don't know. I think it's one of those things you just gotta, don't ask like what the rule book is. Ask what is the right thing to do, what makes the most sense.
1: Well, and not to mention, I mean, it was also all these other egregious misses that they had of blocks in the back. Obviously, those aren't reviewable plays. But when you go back and look at it at whole, I mean, Duke got absolutely screwed. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't care who we play or beat. Uh, possibly in the ACC championship game, that doesn't matter to me. I think just looking at the surface of things and knowing how the a- ACC operates in these situations and how precedents need to be set across college football, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you have video evidence now, and they, they had nine minutes on that replay and got it wrong, and then you still have the ability to go back and look at it again. And again, it's the last play of the game. It's not like you make a decision, give it to Duke, knowing that North Carolina could have had some other scenario because time was left on the clock, blah, 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 blah. No, that was the end of the game. That was it. We know. They admitted which team should have won the game. You have the power to to give it to that team. Why can't you do it? It's just cowardly.
0: It's just, that's the way it's always been done and, and again, precedent. So, anyway, uh, this, this is our struggle. We, we play in the ACC. These are our refs. Ron Cherry, we're looking at you. Um, anyway. South Carolina at Tennessee. I'll let you get a few jabs in on uh, our hated rival.
1: Well, not only is South Carolina going to be 0 and 3 against Tigers this year, um, they're probably going to be 0 and 2 against teams in orange. Uh, It's 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 been a. They also play Florida, so okay. Well, damn, they're going to be 0 and 3 against teams in orange. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't give them much of a chance in this game. I don't really think the only opportunity they have for a win in the rest of the year is, I, I think, the Citadel. And it's just really a sad state of affairs this year, and it's almost like the downfall happened so quick, I didn't have enough time to really be <laughs> happy about like watching it happen and us beating them. It's like it wasn't, you know, we're not getting to beat them when they're good. And, you know, They're just terrible and back to who they used to be. I guess we could have all seen that coming. Uh, they were never going to be great for long, but... Well, here
0: we are. I, you know, I won't go into too much depth, but I'll just say Clowney and Connor Shaw were
1: really good players for them. Like really, really good players. I think, especially Con-
0: especially Clowney.
1: I well, I think especially Connor Shaw. I think he was uh, one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Um, and, and I mean, is the guts that I, that guy had. He, I think, he carried the team uh, a lot of the way during those successful years that they had. And, and now they're back to nothing, and all is right with the world.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to be so hard on them, but uh, going into into Tennessee, I don't see them pulling this one out. You're probably right. I, I'm not going to be cocky. I think the NC State game proved we can't be cocky or arrogant. It's college football any given Saturday. We could. I'm not. I don't. I don't think we'll lose, but you definitely got to have the right mindset. I'm sure we will. It's a rivalry game. Um, but really, Ben, any any last thoughts going into Florida State? A lot. A lot to talk about. We've covered a lot our rankings uh, just the florida state game probably the biggest game of the year um i'll let you put a quick recap on it
1: you know this is exciting this is what we've been waiting for for a long time guys we are in the driver's seat we're the number one ranked team in the country right now and and we should be um we have a ton of talent across the board we have really good coaching staff uh we haven't faltered this year we've gone in and beat the teams that we should beat handedly um, and we haven't really had a lot of letdowns. I mean, we obviously have a lot of things to improve on, but every team does. And the fact that we've been seeing this improvement from game to game, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and a lot of the questions that we had coming into the year, is our offensive play calling going to be as good without Chad Morris? Um, is our defense going to be anywhere close to, to as good as they were last year? How does Deshaun Watson look coming back? And does our offensive line, are they a weakness on the team? And all of those things have been answered resoundingly positively, I think. Um, and, again, a great time to be a Clemson Tiger. I think we're a year ahead of schedule. Uh, we'll see what the outcome of this game is, um, but I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. I, I think this is a completely different team than we've seen in the past from Clemson. This team is focused, this team is talented, and this team is ready to win. I agree. I'll, I'll just say, looking. I remember back in 2011, I
0: think I jumped on the Dabo train really early, and there were a lot of people in Clemson that – did not want him as head coach, and I, 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 I was drawn to him early. I, I could see like his greater vision, building a culture, building a program. We're still not there. We won't, we're we're pretty damn close. We've been on that on that verge of being elite. So much of what we talked about in the off was can we pass that threshold, get into the elite status. And I think you know, barring a catastrophic end of the season and injuries, I think we're elite. I think we're there, and I think you'll see the same thing next year. So it's a great time to be a Clemson Tiger
1: yeah this is the test right this is a test that we haven't faced before we're the number one team in the country we have our biggest rival and one of the best teams in the acc since they've been in the conference a team that has won a national title two years ago and many more before that Um, this is pressure that these kids haven't faced before Um, so this is the test this is the barometer for the program Have we arrived? I think if we win this game, um, and we win it, especially if we win it convincingly, I think this is going to let answer a lot of questions, ease a lot of fears, uh, relieve a lot of trepidation that we have, and it's going to let everybody know that we are legitimate. And I think that is exactly what happens. Man,
0: I hope so. I won't use that word, but if there could be any game, with all the implications, this would be it if there were a letdown. I don't think that will happen either. Well, this, that's the end. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the, the Week 10 preview of Florida State. Again, if you get a chance, go to our website, ClemsonPodcast.com. Uh, there you can be hooked up with our iTunes, Stitcher, any other uh, podcasting platform that exists. Um, most of all, go Tigers.